Well, hey, we're live. We are live. And Episode... I can count seven. I can count to seven. Oh, well, that's good. When are we, when are we, when are we going to stop counting? Never, I hope. Well, that's good. Okay. All right. I was just wondering if there's a time where you can't count anymore. Uh, welcome back to JK Moto. I'm Easton. I'm Cole. And we're here to talk about motorcycles. This week we'll be covering MotoGP in France. I think we have a lot to cover, and so we're planning on just an entire episode about that. Um, and then next week, stick around, because we'll be talking about race leathers and why you might be spending too much money. Right. So let's uh, go ahead and get into it. Yesterday at one point, I was in six. How are you doing today? Do you want an honest answer? Yeah, I want an honest answer. Do you want like today, right now, or just today in general? Well, I think we'll get into some of the general of how your day's going, but uh, <laughs> well, but, uh yeah. you you had to work on the on the Lord's Day, unlike me. So yeah, well, so I woke up excited, right? I was like, you know, work started at eight, and the race was at eight, and I was like, man, I'm gonna miss it, but I'm gonna get home. I'm gonna watch it. It's gonna be great. I got my flag flying outside. <laughs> Yesterday was a pretty good day, and I'm upset. My day has been ruined. Nah. Um, <laughs> I figured before we yeah. get into all that MotoGP, let let let's banter a bit. Okay. So I'm ready. There's a game me and you like to play. Uh -huh. it, it's called Your Team, My Team. I remember the game. Yes, yes. and for for those at home that don't know what Your Team, My Team is. Me and Easton come from entirely different generations. Obviously, he's much older than me. But <laughs> we <laughs> okay. But but All the right. game goes like this: when he and, and we've talked about it before. So, but for those who haven't heard, there's a there's a particular Harley guy out there that is you know you know the guy. Easton likes to point at those and say your team. But there's there's some squids out there that have their own problems, and I like to point at Easton and say. Your team. So I just passed a truck 30 minutes ago. A truck. Okay. A, truck. a Chevy Silverado. Uh -huh. And I was, as I was coming up on it, it had a license plate frame. You, you know the type. It was chrome. Mm, and it had, okay. It had skulls in every corner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I was on the Husky, so I was blindingly fast. <laughs> right. Yep. That is so how I had a hard time is. reading if it said live free or die or, you know ride hard and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time seeing if it had any of those catchy catchphrases. But as I passed the truck, it had a giant decal on the side of a skull. Okay. And I seen this, this it's just a black like outline skull thing. Mm -hmm. And as I got up close as I was passing the truck, I was like, man, if Easton was here, he'd say my team. But as, but as I got closer and I looked at that skull, its eyebrows were dragons. My team or your team? Eyebrows were what? Its eyebrows were dragons. It was a skull dragons. with dragons for eyebrows. Um, I, I, I don't know. It was <laughs> tough. It was I have tough. no idea whose team that is. Yeah, his windows were tinted, so I didn't get to see him. But I have no idea how he, you know, beats the people but, off of him. There's probably the a good reason for the window tint. 
who knows what it would have looked like inside there. I think you're you're assuming a lot of things that you might not might should not be assuming in today's world or yeah, just in general. Know, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. We don't need to. Yeah, you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fine. Don't need to go too crazy there. That's interesting. I, dragons for Iris. So when you said dragon, I was like, what? They're they're like dragging, like dragging on the ground or something. I was like, oh, this no, like sense. fire breathing <laughs> dragon, but still a skull. Maybe he's just playing at both teams. You know, maybe he knows. He listens and he knows. You know. <laughs> maybe. Speaking of listening and knowing, let me go ahead and uh, just wanted to throw this out there. We have stickers. We're not selling them yet or shipping them, but they will be at. Track Day Circus. So once again, mark your calendars, July 2nd and 3rd in Utah at UMC. Don't just mark your calendars. Go buy some tickets. Bring your track bike, bring your bike, bring your friends, bring whatever, and come join us out there. Either show us that you're subscribed, we'll give you a sticker, or subscribe when you get there and we'll give you a sticker. And come say hi. We'd love to have you out there. Yeah, I would also argue no need for a bike. Come on out and participate in the... There's a lot of events going on, at least in the after hours, after the track goes cold. Come watch the bikes and then participate in the events, the after party, if you will. Absolutely. And I, I would assume there would be someone maybe, you know, renting a bike or you could at least do a ride on back or wherever the, the day might take you. Come out and enjoy. So Come hang out. Be a good time. Well, are you uh, are you ready? No, to I have dive? one more banter. Oh, I OK. All right. All right. All right. One more from your team. Oof. So, so so this is motorcycle related, but as you know, I'm I'm a little late getting here today because I had to go perform a rescue mission for a friend of mine. Right. I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that don't know, I'll remind everybody I'm in Utah. I need to do a little more research because my understanding is it's legal to lane filter in Utah. At the red light, right? At a red light. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't lane filter like California, unfortunately, but it is legal to, if traffic comes to a stop at a red light, you can move to the front of the line right? in between the cars. It's, I don't see many people doing it. And so it's a little uncomfortable at this point, mm-hmm. but I was in a hurry today. Okay. Yeah. So I just had my first three experiences on a one-way trip. And one of those happened to be in front of a officer of the law. Uh, okay. And yeah. it must be legal because I'm still here. I made it on time. <laughs> Didn't say anything to you? He didn't say anything. No, no birds, no nothing. But speaking of your generation. Oh, boy. You you know that that rescue mission. The older generation? Yeah, your older generation. Mm, Okay. Yep. Old soul. So some some 19-year-old kid was nice enough. And I don't want to make fun of him. I don't want to make fun of him because it's it's good to be a good Samaritan. Mm Mm-hmm. But I arrived on the scene and what I would guess a 19-year-old showed up and uh, he said, can I help you? I'm a mechanic. Ooh. And I said, really? I said, what What can you tell me? And he goes, do you know how to put a rim on a truck? Because they're hub-centric, and it's really important that you get them straight. Mm. I said, okay. Proceeded to back up, and then he did it all for me. Well, two grown men stood there and watched this 19-year-old kid go do it all. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, where do you work? What, what shop do you work at? And he says, oh, down at the Grease Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so he's an oil changer. Well, I mean, that doesn't make him not a mechanic. I guess, but I mean, I appreciate it, but that was your generation. So maybe the, maybe the generation behind your generation is they're more helpful than your generation. (laughs) Maybe I just can't help. Have you seen, I just have to bring this up. Have you seen the movie need for speed? Yes. Okay. So there's a scene in there, right? Where they're showing off the car that they just built. And then one dude's walking around all the ladies and he's like, Hey, do you like that car over there? We built that. We're mechanics. 
I'm a mechanic. And that's anytime anyone says that, that's what I think of because the ladies are then just very uninterested because clearly he's not quite at their level right. money wise. So just had to point that out. Anytime that phrase is put out, that's what my brain automatically goes to for whatever reason. So so before we die, I, I know we, we skip over the Moto 3 and the Moto 2 all the time. Mm, yep. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to maybe put your foot in your mouth again. Okay. I'm assuming you haven't watched the Moto 2 race because you were so pissed off at the Moto GP race that you probably just, you're done for the weekend. Oh, it had a lot more to do with the amount of time I had between this uh, filming and me getting off work. But also that, no, I I did see a a certain Instagram clip posted by a certain Instagram page, which JK Moto has an Instagram page. Just throw that out there real quick. (laughs) <laughs> at JK Moto Podcast, go ahead and go follow us. That's where uh, we'll be putting our updates, and I don't know, I'd, I'd like to share motorcycle-related reels on there. So I find them entertaining. I think it's an entertaining page for sure. So I, I just—you've been a little hard on the American riders in the past. Yes. Yep. And so I wanted to come to you today and be like, "Look at this—that tough love you gave them. It's really mm-hmm. worked. Hmm. It, it, but it, it's really worked." So Sean Dillon Kelly was P3 at one point in qualifying. Okay. He was yep. in the rain. Apparently, he's got some rain legs on him. Okay. All right. So he was P3, and the excitement was building. Right. The excitement was building. He ended up not making Q2. But for most of Q1, he was in the top four. So there was some sparks, right? So there was some sputtering. Mm-hmm. And then we made it to the race. And okay. the Moto2, Moto2 race, you know, the other American racing guy, he, uh, Rory Skinner, he crashed, so he's... Yeah, I mean, we don't care. Uh, I won't say we won't care. We don't care, but he's not American, right? Despite yeah. being on the team, so... Well, as you know from the MotoGP race that we'll talk about, the Moto2 race was also a race of attrition. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I did hear about that. And uh, some big, scary wrecks. So in Moto2, there was some... There was a three-bike crash that brought out a red flag where you had bikes sliding across the track, other bikes running over them and flipping real scary moment, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the one that I saw. So All of those crashes that happened were all ahead of Sean Dillon Kelly. I mean, I there might have been some crashes behind him, but for the most part, the attrition all happened ahead of him. Good. Right. Good, right? It's good. Yeah, I guess. So the boy climbed all the way to 15th. He was sitting in 15th, which is the last point scoring position in Moto2. Mm-hmm. And Sam Lowe's, who had crashed earlier in the race before the red flag and was able to start again, mm-hmm. passed him on the final lap to take the last point scoring position. And Sean Dillon Kelly is still pointless in Moto2. Has not uh, has oh, not man. brought a point home yet. I mean, I'm not just trying to be mean, but man, uh, it's got to be hard. It's got to mm-hmm. be hard in their situation. But whoever's running that Instagram page, American Racing, they can put a positive twist on anything, I've decided. They, <laughs> they have some of the most positive posts on all of Instagram. Yeah, you know, They can finish dead last and say, lap two of section four, chapter 15, we were 0.1 second faster than we were last year. There um, you go. Positive improvement. I'm rooting for them, but... I, I want to, and, and I don't want to just talk bad on on the current American racers, right? That's not my goal. I don't want to just say like, yeah, these guys are not good and no, no reason to watch. They suck anyway. That's not, that's not my goal. My goal is would be to encourage someone else that thinks they can do better to get over there and do it because we've fallen off the, you know, we've missed the mark for years now. America used to 
and I, I don't have any research right now to back this up, but I'll do it if you guys want. I'll do all the research and figure it out. But as far as I've known, America used to do pretty well in MotoGP. So that was back when I was a young kid. And uh, yes, yes, it was MotoGP was ruled by Americans and Australians. Right. And I understand that from, from my understanding anyway, that's because we were big in the flat track and the flat track had bikes that would buck and bronc and and move all around you. And MotoGP at that time was pretty untamed. I and mean, so that's where that comes from. But, you know, where are we at? Why aren't, why can't we have someone over there? Why can't we represent and have someone in the, in the top and doing, doing well enough? I don't even need a championship win. It would be great, but I don't need that. I would just like to watch the race every Sunday and cheer for a dude simply because he's American and he's worth cheering for. Those are the two things I need, right? And when he comes to America, you know, I'll I'll buy the flag, I'll buy the shirt, I'll buy the you know, I'll buy everything. <laughs> because why not? You know, it's an American, he's got a chance of winning, he's on his home soil. That's that's what I want. Um and so I need I need someone out there, which is not me, unfortunately. Someone out there to step up and and take that spot again. I don't know why I haven't quite figured it out yet. I don't know. I understand that it's it's a rough life traveling all over the world all the time, barely being able to be home and and it's just it's just a completely different game, but there's got to be someone that can do it. So I'm I'm putting my hope in uh what's that gentleman's name Max Toth? Is that his name? That is him. Yes. I I'm putting my hope in him. That would be I mean that's not a bad not a bad guy to put your hope in as of right well, now it's looking pretty good. So he's racing he's racing over there now on a OnlyFans yeah. American <laughs> racing, you know, looking yeah. bike. Right. But he's not old enough to race yet in in uh Moto three. Okay. So I think he's doing one year in anticipation of going there next year. So okay. hang in back. Max Toth, I always get him a little mixed up with the uh sport bike track year kid which is max van yeah not max, max toth is the one that we saw at thunder hill yep but, which made everyone look like they were standing still so laying a, laying a whooping on everybody on a 600 yeah. yep yep so oh, and that geez. was yeah i think it was an r6 that he was on that day i don't remember exactly but that, yeah, it was quite the show that was good yeah so we got the opportunity to talk to his dad for quite a while while he was out on track that was yep. Nice conversation. Yep. Now it was just insane. I remember watching him up on the hill, just over people, under people, over people again. And yeah, impressive riding in, in a group. Right. And I'm out there in B group, barely keeping up. And I'm like, man, who is this guy? So yeah, definitely worth a follow. And I guess let's hope for good things. So yeah, that's my hope. Cameron Bobier didn't get the call. So you didn't do, you didn't work hard enough for me. You were supposed to help me make that happen he didn't get the call to go race bmw and world superbike yeah i think i i want to say i saw that somewhere so they put, they put a spaniard on there okay uh, i think i think he's that particular gentleman i don't have his name right off he apparently races a bmw in the spanish championship mm-hmm so he already had some experience with bmw as well and i think he might be leading the spanish championship Okay. Don't quote, don't quote me on any of that. But they brought him over. He did nothing. <laughs> they actually took a former champion that has come back and was racing a Kawasaki this year. Mm-hmm. He spent most of the time this year in the in the pits with a broken bike because 
the team can't quite get it together. Uh, hmm. BMW, he used to ride for BMW. BMW reached out to him and said, come get on this bike until this guy's healthy and we'll buy you out of your other contract. And he said, see you, Cowie. <laughs> so added another has-been. We'll see how yeah. he does. He was Cam was the right choice. I still stand by that. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see, just to watch Moto America throughout the rest of the season, I guess. Not just because Cam's back, but Josh Heron's up there again now. And that Ducati and that BMW definitely have something to show Yamaha this year. So not to take anything away from Jake Gagne, I think he's still still going to do pretty amazing, but I think it'll be a little more, a little he's, more excitement. He's, he's little still a man to beat. Yeah, yeah, but it should be less uh, less runaway, which will be nice. Yeah, well, as good as as good as the last race was in Atlanta, mm-hmm. you still didn't have any Cam Peterson. You know he. Yeah, true. He was he was out early, so he wasn't up there in the mix. I mean, I, I think it's only going to get better. So actually, that reminds me. I don't know if we want to peg this as correction corner or not. Uh, but not without a good analogy. Well, that's why I was like, I don't know. We'd kind of, it's not really gotta have a lead up. If you're going to do correction corner, that's the rules. Now we have unwritten rules. I might send you a copy, a copy of unwritten rules. Yeah. Figure that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, was it last week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, because it was prior to Ken Hill. We were talking about how that road Atlanta, uh, race, was quite possibly the best superbike race of all time. Mm-hmm. And I made an argument that the 2015 MotoGP Australian race was better. Mm-hmm. I stand behind that. And I did bring two friends over that have not watched MotoGP or Moto America, are not super familiar. They don't mind racing events, but they're not up to date. And unfortunately for you, they both agreed with the MotoGP one being better. Now, I will say we watched Moto America first and they both did say that it could be, you know, they both gave me a pretty good opinion. They're like, no, I definitely thought the MotoGP was better, but I think it could be because after watching the first one, I kind of knew what I was looking for. I knew what made something exciting and just kind of different aspects like that. So take that for what it's worth, but their end opinion was that the MotoGP race was better. Both good races, but the MotoGP race was a little better. Well, I tried doing the same test, but my guy didn't get back to me. So if he's listening, he's in trouble. <laughs> good to know. All right. One more thing before we get too far into MotoGP. I want to talk about the track before we get into the results. France. France. Okay. Let's talk about biases. What do we hear when they go to Coda? I don't know. Terrible pavement. Bumpy. Yeah. Terrible pavement. All the riders crash because they have to go there. It's, you know, it's not up to standards. It's blah, 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 right? Yeah. Yep. So what happens when you lose as many or more people at the Bugatti circuit? It's not the condition of the track. It's just the track layout, you know. How many Hondas have you seen go down in that corner in that same way? (laughs) (laughs) The announcers today are like, it's the riders' fault. At Coda, it doesn't matter if somebody pukes in their helmet which may or may not have happened. <laughs> it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if that happens. It's the track's fault. Yeah. But when they're in Europe, those tracks can do no wrong. Yeah. I've started to like cue into that and pay attention and it's driving me nuts. If the tracks within Europe, it's a holy sacred ground. It can do no wrong. The, the most yep. negative thing they will say about the tracks is they were built in a different time and they don't have room to make the runoff that they may or may not need. But right. these are amazing, wonderful tracks. And, and for the most part, they are. Don't get me wrong. but Yeah, well, and I think what's kind of funny is this year, they weren't complaining about Coda being so bad, necessarily, on pavement. They were complaining about being 
different types of pavement everywhere because Coda went out and tried to fix it. Right. Like, well, the well, riders don't know how to ride because the pavement changes in every sector. Well, well, that that brings up another point along those same lines is they're they're blaming the weather. It's too cold. It's too mm -hmm. hot. Yep. It's too whatever. And Coda, the wind was blowing sideways. You know, they're doing. How fast were they doing? You said oh, it. What, what? A hundred and no, two hundred and nineteen. I think it was on the back straight. With wind hitting them in the side, and mm -hmm. the guy goes down, and they're like track. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like no, maybe the maybe the arrow took off when the wind gust hit him. <laughs> wings actually turned into analogy. wings. <laughs> yeah. Well, I so I got tired today. They were interviewing someone. I think it was Yamaha with Quattararo. And they're like, yeah, you know, they just always riding the bike on the edge. Always riding the bike on the edge. You're going to have these issues. You're going to have these issues when you always have to ride the bike on the edge. That's your freaking job. That is the job of a professional motorcycle racer. I don't care. Moto America, World Superbike. British, Australian, MotoGP, whatever it is, your job is to ride that bike at its edge, right? Yep. And then the person that can get closest to that is going to win. And I, we've had the argument with Ducati, maybe having a bike that is obviously better and makes not as good riders look better. But I'm kind of getting tired of that because we've got Mark Marquez coming out from which, sorry if you weren't ready to jump into MotoGP, but I'm, I'm diving. Take it, take it away. Um, but he, he's coming out on a bike that is less superior and terrible and, you know, whatever they want to keep saying about it, even though Honda's doing, you know, pulling everything they possibly can and putting it in there for him. And then he's riding it. Everyone else is wrecking out. Can't even make it into Q2. And he's riding it. Right. Right. I don't want to go talking bad about Quattararo yet because I'm not sure how I actually feel about it. But I am just kind of getting tired of these excuses of like the bike just can't. You know, he has to push that so far to the edge. Like, what do you think that the dudes on the Ducatis are really just sitting at the front, not pushing it? Like, they're just right. hanging out up there? No, everyone's obviously pushing it. I mean, you can watch clip after clip from today. People so, are making moves. So I agree with you 80% of the way, okay. which is pretty much just agreeing with you. But I just want to point out, I do get that, you know, that's true in Supercross. That's true in, you know, all these sports sometimes. And that's true when we're on the track. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're, you know, pushing at the top, top level, maybe outside of your own business. You know, you're, you're at 110. Right. And you don't have no business being there. The longer you're there at that 110, the more likely something bad's going to happen or you're going to crash. I understand exactly what you're saying and agree with you that they're racing. So mm -hmm. you are pushing, you should be pushing the whole time to agree with you. I feel like the riders sometimes when they're talking like that, I just want to say, we're not here to watch a parade. Yeah. You guys parade around for 26 laps. And then on the 27th lap, let's all hurry and, you know, give it that 110 and find our last positions. It's, it should never be a parade, right. but I do acknowledge that there's different levels of, you know, riding at a hundred percent or just a touch under a hundred. And again, I, I didn't want to just come out and, and be pissed off and be like, no, everyone is actually just terrible, but I'm just but, starting to get a little tired of how much no, we're blaming the bikes this year. I understand because let's, let's, let's talk about all we heard in the off season leading up to the season. All we heard is that K, KTM was junk. That's, yep. that's all we yep. heard. Yep. And people regurgitate those things. So every other podcast, every other whatever, you're just repeating the stuff you heard. So the announcers all kind of key into that and they start talking about KTM's trash. KTM comes out. They're not trash. Wow. And now they're hurrying switching that. I feel that there's got to be at least some of that. Like 
how many of them announcers know is a Honda bad or is it perfect for Mark? You know, I don't know, but they don't either. And yeah, so they all just start regurgitating. Is Yamaha really a bad bike or Fabio scared in his head and he can't go fast anymore? Is I'm not saying that's the case. It's right. just they don't know that either. Yep. So I get I get frustrated when exactly like you said, Mark can come out and ride that bike. So does the bike need to change or do those other ne- riders need to have more talent? Yeah. Do they need to find more riders that fit a Honda? Which which is the right thing to change? And yeah. Well, and I would argue that to stay on Hondas and and Marks, everyone should know. If you don't know, I'm I'm a huge Mark fan. Um, <laughs> Well, let me just put this out there real quick. Q2, I don't know if you're paying attention, but uh, he threw down a 64-degree lean angle and carried it. He's I'm just, pretty sure. He's backing him up. He holds so, the record. So what, what angle is what angle is this? 90. 90? I think he did a 390s. I think he did 390s during the weekend. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Maybe four? <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. Well, what what a great race. It was a very good race. I, I didn't I didn't like the results any more than you did. <laughs> yeah but, but what a what a good race i where where do you start with that race i don't even i don't i don't even know i mean well, give them give them let, let, let's start backwards this time who who won bezeki came out and won which is great because that puts him well great for him uh puts him one point behind bagnaya in the championship so moved him back ahead of brad and we had brad down in yeah let's just do a quick overview brad finished oh <laughs> Brad finished sixth. I thought it was tenth. Forgot about the people that didn't finish in the end there. So that moved him down into third. Bagnaya is still in first for the championship, even though he DNF'd. Quateraro finished seventh. Elish finished fifth. Augusto Fernandez. Awesome ride. Where awesome. where did that come from? I like it. The is team he said get- they weren't surprised, but I, they required by law to say that. They were pretty excited. I don't know how they want to be surprised. So look at that top. So so give us the rundown. Top top six. Okay, Bezeki in first, Martin second, Sarko third, Fernandez in fourth, uh, Elisha Asparagus in fifth, and then Brad Bender in sixth. One more. Sorry. And Quateraro in seventh. So if you look at that top, mm-hmm. who's the best bike on the grid? Three top Ducatis three. across the top. Yep. No factory Ducatis on the top. Three Ducatis though, right? Mm-hmm. And you could argue if Mr. Asparagus wasn't in there throwing it down. There's three mm-hmm. KTMs, one of which, or there should have been at the end of that race. Sorry. Yep. But if you look at that race, uh, throughout the whole race, the top eight, it's Ducatis, it's KTMs, and there was a Honda in there. Don't calm yeah. down. Calm down. <laughs> Keyword yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. I hope well, everybody was... noticed what name didn't get mentioned when he listed off those seven. Two names. Well, Don't forget your early. boy. Don't forget your boy. It wasn't any earlier. Hey, you like him too. Just because I'm hurting your heartstrings don't mean you got to pick on Jack, okay? All right. Well, I think he, that one cracked me up too. The commentators were talking about how, you know, he has no research on this bike and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I do think he made a mistake with his front tire choice, which was because he took the medium yesterday and it didn't really work. So he went soft. I think that had something to do with it because the whole time he was sitting there in first, I was just, wondering i was like is it gonna i kept wanting them to show the tire choices because i forgot if they said it or not and i was just like is that gonna hurt him in the end and sure enough it did not only you know before the wreck take the wreck out of it he was dropping places so 
I will chalk that up to tar- tire choices for the most part. You know, and he came out and said he made a mistake, whatever. Jack, but, Jack's killing me. Yeah. He's killing me. I, I, I love I love the effort. I love the effort. But as you mentioned, he crashed out of the sprint race. Mm-hmm. Wrong tire choice. Yep. Or possibly the right tire choice, but pushing too hard too Something. early. Yep. But he crashes out of that race. Okay. It's only half points. We're okay, Jack. We're okay. Let's go to the race. Let's redeem this. Crashes out of that race. I know he was frustrated because he had fallen back some. Uh, he mentioned after the race today that he his mistake, but he had hit a curb. He said he had ran wide yep. onto the curb, which got him, made him. But man, how much happier would I have been if he would have came out of there with, say, a fourth and a seventh? Yeah. I mean, we're still fighting for a title. We're still in this. But instead, we got two DNFs, no points on the weekend, a track that he loves. He did very well in qualifying, honestly. Absolutely. P1 and Q, or Q, position one in P1. Yep. Second, I believe, in P2. I think so. Yep. I mean, up there. Yep. Yeah, so he made it into Q2, and Jorge Martin, or no. Marini. Marini. Luca Marini threw in some crazy lap. Out of nowhere. <laughs> so we kind of we kind of glossed over the sprint, but if you got that right there again, let's let's top three in the sprint. Pull it up real quick. Make sure we don't misspeak. No more correction corner analogies. Top three. You want top three? Top three. Martin, Bender, Bagnaya. Okay. The race, top three. I know we've already went over that, but just as a refresher. Race. Bezeki, Martin, Zarco. So I wanted to go through that because we need to explain how we got there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So so the sprint race was a good race. Excuse me. The sprint. You're supposed to correct me now. All right. We said we're just calling it a race. Oh, okay. We keep like saying we're going to say things, and then we we repeat, and we're like, oh, we're not supposed to do that. No, we already said we're calling it a race because it's scored. It's a race. All right, fair enough. You know, they're not. My, they're not. not my young age, I forget things. Sprint race was a good race, other than Jack crashing was unfortunate for me. Yeah. But overall, it was clean. It was. Tough. There was a good passing, good race. Oh, yeah. Um, I had, had good hopes for the weekend. Yeah. Nobody had anything for Jorge. Yeah, not really. In that in that race, nobody had anything for him. Yep, I'll give you that. Yeah, he, he, he was gone, and being the fan that I am, I didn't give it to him until he crossed checkers because he's pretty famous for blistering away from everybody and throwing it in the dirt. Yep. Uh, that didn't happen. Good for him. He's the winner. Mm-hmm. But now moving on to the race, you know, we had that setting. I felt like Jack, that was a that was a one-off. That was a mistake. He's going to correct it. Jack's got a good chance going into Sunday. Everybody but Fabio had a good chance. That's how I felt going into that race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny you mentioned it. I didn't necessarily coin that as feeling that. But when you say it like that, I'm like, uh, yeah, no, yep, that checks out. Yeah, they're in a bad place. Whether it's yeah. him, the bike, the they're in a bad place. I don't know. Yeah. So going into the race, the race kicks off. Which which crash happened first? Which was Vinales and Bagnaya. What do you think about that? Having watched it, I mean, I watched the replay thirty times. I wanted to have my own opinion. Um, I what say you? So I watched the replay the first time they played it, and I at first, so when it happened, I was like, man, why is he getting so mad? That didn't look like you know, didn't look like anything. And then I watched the replay, and I was like, oh. Totally Bagnaya's fault. Totally Bagnaya's fault. Then I watched the replay again later, and I was like, man, I don't know. Uh, do you want to watch it real quick? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. Because I was I was the reverse of that. I okay. said totally totally Maverick's fault. And then when I watched it again, I said, well, maybe it was Peko. All right. Then- All right. We'll go ahead and watch it. It is one minute and six seconds. 
Flavio Quattararo has lost place to Alessio Spargo and to Di Gianantonio. Oh, Vignales oh, has gone down. Vignales and Bagnaia caught up in a tangle together. And Paco Bagnaia on the outside has been cleaned out. So I just want to say real quick, the angle that you watch it in is so important. Mm-hmm. Because it's all these different angles that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Um, and this is my first time rewatching it since since the race. So take that for what it's worth. By Vinales. They can't believe it. Head in hands there. This is my favorite. Bona. Yeah. Well, we need to pick the bones out of this one because quite clearly they've got a difference of opinion. Now, <laughs> this is Hang on, steady on, boys. Uh, it's into the right hand. Vinales has already gone past Vinales. Yeah, kill it. So together as they then Vinales coming from that. So those. So a couple things. Couple things there. Did you see the laps leading up to it? Uh, Maverick had made some pretty aggressive passes to get to Bagnaya. Yeah. Well, and they, I mean, they pointed it out. They were talking about it. They're like, this is the racing we wanted to see. And I was like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. We agree. The stewards don't, but we agree. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he made some aggressive passes to get mm-hmm. to where he was, which was great. I mean, I was like, man on fire, right? Right. But then when he got there, I mean, he passed Bagnaya. Bagnaya did exactly what we want. He fought back in the next yep. corner. He got the position back, but then Maverick ekes back out in front of him. I mean, we're just getting this back and forth battle. Depending on what angle you watch that from, Pecco might have been in his blind, you know, in his blind spot or something. But so I, I thought the opposite. I thought that Vinales was in Pecco's blind spot, but. The first time I watched it, it looked like Pecco came back over on top of him. The second time I watched it, it looked like he came out to Pecco. Mm-hmm. Either way, they made contact. So, so the thing is, is for those for those at home, this is in the center of a track. It's not like where this collision happens. It's in the center of a track. They're not on either edge. Right. Yep. I mean, there was room for either one of them to move. To me, regardless of the angle, I think, to me, I try to look at all the different angles, and it Pecco seems to be on a trajectory. He seems to be on a line, and it is Maverick that moves. Interesting. Okay. It's Maverick that makes a move. Pecco's in the spot he tries moving to, mm-hmm. but he had a lot inside. He had room outside. He had room on both sides of him before that move. So I know that he's on a particular angle trying to make it through the corner. He's, you know, or a lean angle and these kind of things. But it is really hard to see from the angle. The more interesting thing, even than the crash, for those that haven't seen it, they 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 hit, there's a bump, mm-hmm. which sends Maverick wobbling. Wob- yeah, wobbly. Wobbly, not just down, like wobbly at first. That was a weird part. Yeah, he's got this giant speed wobble. And it looks like that's all it was going to be. You think Maverick's going to go down. And then his bike just creams into Pecco for a second time. A hard hit. It, yeah. It was a pretty hard hit. And it takes them both into the gravel. Um, Maverick's lucky that he got separated from his bike. So he rode that bike. I mean, it looked like he might even save it there for a minute. Yeah. When it like he wobbled, he was still on it. Well, it I mean, even after like the was... gravel. So Pecco's oh, down. Okay. Pecco's down. And if you, if you, you watch you can play again with no sound if if you watch uh uh maverick's going through the dirt he's still upright he's going through the gravel and then he lays it down but he's lucky that he separated from the bike so we didn't have another pole asparagus issue because he hit the wall right he ended up hitting the wall and the bike was close i mean it was it was right there could have had a 
could have been a lot worse. But Maverick walks over to Pecco. Pecco's got his arms up, but he's still pretty much laying on his back. You know, rolls over to the side. He's starting to get up. Maverick walks over and thumps him in the arm. Yep. And only the two of them know what's being said, but we can all imagine. <laughs> you know, you're stupid and you're stupid back and forth, you know. Yep. But he hits him in the arm, which is uncalled for. And then we you shouldn't. So I, I don't care if they beat the hell out of each other. I mean, I... I'd pay to see it, right? Take yeah. the helmets off and go ahead and throw punches. Don't get me wrong. Right. But at the same time, the stewards aren't going to like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Technically, he hit him in the yeah, arm he and should not. He thumps his arm. Pecco keeps his cool, I think, and starts at that point, starts getting up, and he thumps him in the back of the helmet. So I don't... Watch I it say again. Keeps, I want to bring say, it up. All right, all right, all right. Bring it up. I wouldn't say it keeps his cool. Well, um, he doesn't. After It takes till the second hit. I think he was already chewing him out. Oh, and I'm sure they were yelling at each other. I guess I don't mean it that way. Let me get back to where. All right. I'll go ahead and cut sound. Comes over. Says, what? Punch him the... in the arm. He's talking. Yelling at him. They're yelling See? at each other. See? Pumped him in the helmet while he's trying to get up. Yeah, but that's after Bagnaya, you know, said, whoa, you, uh, what, you know, whatever oh, he was sure saying they, there. I'm sure they said some Spanish and Italian his, swear words, but he threw his hand up twice before. But no, Maverick he didn't physically contact him. No, okay, yeah, but he was definitely egging it on. I would have more respect for Pecco right now if he would have pulled his helmet off and beat the hell out of him after that. <laughs> yeah. Don't thump me in the back uh, of the helmet. Yeah, that would have been a yeah. fight for me. No matter how mad you are, don't touch me. You can I, call me anything you want, but don't touch me. So racing is racing and fighting is different, but I was almost, I was like, oh man, oh, oh, I haven't seen that in MotoGP, not in at least a long time. So and did you notice they made him ride back on the same yes. scooter? Yeah. <laughs> what, what fool's uh, MotoGP must be? I don't know. They, they don't could know. have played that up for two weeks, three weeks. They could have started a rivalry, whether it was real or not. They would have got more fans to tune in. That's what the people want. It's a bad man. guy. They want somebody to. The drama. Everyone yeah. wants the drama. And no, we made them sit on the same motorcycle yep. and do kissy faces all the way back. <laughs> I just laughed when I saw it come in. I was like, there's two people. That's got Oh, yep. <laughs> sure enough, it is. They put them both on the same bike as if one of them couldn't have waited. Like, oh. So, so they're all good now. As, as we said, Pecco's crashing out of Pecco's crashing out of the points lead. A great Slowly. spot in the race. Yep. yep. Maverick hasn't really got his season going this year, so it's less important. But I'll point out that afterwards, after talking to the stewards and both of them saying how everything was fine, mm -hmm. it was a racing incident. There was no penalties, yada, yada. Afterwards, watching the interviews, I know they're two different people and they communicate differently, but Pecco had the professional face on. Everything's fine. There's no problem. And even though Maverick was saying that everything was fine, he wouldn't quite take blame. <laughs> yeah. There were there was some there were some things he said in that interview that were like, if that's how you see it, or if that's how you see it, then that's fine. You know, alluding to that he didn't agree that it was all fine. But yeah. Well, I, I want to finish this. I think it was a minute total. I want to finish that up and see if we can get a couple other angles. Just for the people that are watching on YouTube, give them a chance to get your own opinion. Cause I still I'm not sure, and I understand it got coined as a racing incident, which is great. That's what we want. I think uh, things happen, and it's not always obvious whose fault it was, but I I still can't quite figure it out. I want to watch it another time, so go ahead and watch it again. 
which maybe with no sound it'll be better. But see, so he's going to come in. Going to come in underneath. Clean pass. Heko tries to take it back. Pretty clean, clean pass. pass. But it looks like on that clean pass, he came over on top of him. But at the same time, it looks like Maverick might have stood it up too quick. So he comes in. Clean pass. And then it looks like he's coming over too quick. So... so my my take is my take is like I said he was the bike that was moving. Mm-hmm. I think he didn't realize that he was there, so he was jumping to that. They were fight. That's why they called it a racing incident because they're both fighting for the same piece of track, right? Whatever. But normally when they say that, it's like you ran somebody so wide that you ran them off the track. That's you know, like someone else we saw. Yeah, that there wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't a penalty for that either. No, but that was. Oh man, that made me so mad. I didn't understand that either, but hold that one. Okay, and sorry. <laughs> so, just to finish up on the Peco thing, because your boy Mark's going to come up a lot in this conversation. Yep. yep. And I would bring up Mark here. So okay. one thing one thing we didn't mention is in the sprint race, Peco and Mark were roughing each other up. Yep. Or it was more one-sided, but uh, Peco was being a little roughed up by Mark. Yep, as one does. As one does. That's how it happens. <laughs> but they, I really think that that, played a part in the aggressive nature of Peko today is the memory of yesterday. Maybe, but it's funny because, you know, and, and I might be stealing this from the commentary on the video, but Peko threw his hand up in the sprint like, hey, man, what? You did the same thing to Jack last week. Mm-hmm. It's racing. It's going to happen. Did you go down? If you can put your hand up and say what, <laughs> then there's no need because you're still on the track. Uh, I agree, but that takes that takes me down a whole nother road. I have a problem with them making rules that like the rule coming out of this weekend is if it touch if you're if you touch somebody, mm-hmm. that could be a penalty. Hmm. You know, they basically made it sound like you know you can jump in front of somebody, whatever, and if you don't actually touch, then everything's fine. Right. But my opinion is maybe the guy you cut in front of is just so good he was able to avoid that. Right. Or and every situation is going to be different, but. You can't have like a hard, fast rule. If we touch, it's going to be a penalty because yeah. I don't want to watch that. I agree. And I, I feel like the stewards are just being like, they're way more involved this year. And again, no, they I, are. I think so they are, they're writing rules this year. There are rules now that weren't there before. Okay. Okay. That's why you're seeing it. So why though? Is that just because there have been so many more wrecks? Is it so, because safety? Like, So the inside track says, the stewards are trying to take some heat off of them because they've been getting a lot of it this year. But the stewards are stewards are saying, which I kind of believe, but the stewards are saying that writer A is coming to them behind closed doors mm. and saying, hey, I don't want this, 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 and this happening. And this guy pushed me and this guy bothered me and whatever. And then door opens, the next writer walks in and behind closed doors, he's saying, this needs to change, that needs to change. So that's all fine and good. But when they start handing out penalties, maybe the same writer that was complaining, mm-hmm. he now he's complaining the other way because it happened to him. Right. You know, now that he got a penalty, he's like, well, wait a minute, you can't give me a penalty. You know who yeah. I am? So they're setting rules so they can just say, hey, this is what it is. Yeah. So the, mm. the writers had a big meeting because everybody believes that it's been inconsistent. It was still inconsistent, I think, this week. But yeah, they there was a meeting with all the writers that wanted to. I would I would point out. I know you don't normally watch those, but the the Thursday this falls in line. But the the Thursday uh, press conference that they have, mm-hmm. so they, they had Bender on, and the media gets the opportunity to ask questions. Yep. The media asked, uh, "Who did he 
bump last week? Luca Marini? I think so. I don't remember. I can try and look. They're like, what about that pass you put on whatever? And he says, what about it? And they said, don't you think there should be a penalty for that and that? And he got so mad. And he, he just looked at him and he goes, that comment right there is bullshit. And, you know, they're supposed to be all professional. He goes, yeah. that's bullshit. And he goes, show me the replay. Show me where I touched him. Show me where I did anything wrong. You show right. me anything. And they were like, they okay. heard you kind of move the camera. <laughs> I was like, whoa. That's but good. Anyway, that's so that's what the stewards are dealing with is riders coming in. I mean, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I wish they'd just leave them alone. Um, yeah. For the, for the most part. But then it, it's just hard because – I'm guilty too. When my rider goes down because somebody ran into him, I'm mad. But yep. but yep. when my rider runs into somebody else, I'm less mad. Yeah, you're like, ah, it's just racing. It's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I will say again, you know, he's going to come up a lot. But the one nice thing about being a Mark fan is, you know, it's going to happen. He's That's just how he rides. Ninety degrees. Okay. No, we're not. I'm That's not... what the nine in his name is. It should have been 90 rather than 93. All right. He's got way too much of a record to be throwing that out there. Yeah. Way too much of a record. I will say if, when you go back and dig deep into his record, he wrecks a lot. But you could say that about almost anyone. So anyone that's riding well. He always goes and finds the edge. He's famous for that. Mm -hmm. You know, in qualifying, he goes and finds the edge and then yep. doesn't pass it again. Yep. You know, you once he's found it, then logs it and goes and wins a race, knowing that he can't push past this point. So we're, we're Mark is going to come up a lot. And just so I don't get any haters, I think that MotoGP would be less of a sport without him. So I'm not rooting for him to retire, to be gone. I want him there every week for the next 12 years. That'd be great. I, I have I don't want him injured anymore. I want him out there. It makes it better. I'm not a Mark hater. I love watching him ride. He brings excitement to it. I partially just like to give you grief. Oh, um, I know. But I, I take it so well. But that brings me to, so that was the first big wreck. So that's how our race starts off. Yeah, Bagnaya and Vinales. <laughs> yeah, Bagnaya and Vinales. Around a little bit. That's how this great race starts off. We have this yep. big wreck with points, implications, championship implications. Oh, my gosh. And then you thought, where can this go? You know, Pecco's out. Now what? And what was the next big crash? The next one after that was the the actual scary one, especially if you go watch the replays. That one was. Are, you, are we talking about the same guy? I, I refer to him now as the second most unlucky rider in MotoGP. Alex Marquez? Yeah. Yeah. What has happened to that poor guy's season? I don't know. Not his fault this time. It hasn't been his fault. Most of the times. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, the, the seasons prior to this, you know, we had our opinions, whatever. But yeah, he I actually had hope for him this. I mean, I, I put him on, on my fantasy this week. Um, Me too. <laughs> I don't know about you. I had four DNFs on my fantasy. No. So I, I climbed back up to that number two spot. Yeah, I've seen that. Anyway, yeah, poor, poor Alex. Scary wreck, honestly. Like the fact that he was stuck in the track. He come by, and I, I want to say that was Raul Fernandez that barely missed his head. So and he was just trying to figure out how to get around a bike off the track, out of the way. Like it was rough. Luca Marini, did you watch those replays? Only I what mean, they I don't want to make this the replay show. <laughs> no, only Luke, what they played during the race. Luca Marini lost that bike. Yeah, absolutely. he was on his shoulder. That bike yep. was gone. Yep. That's not his fault. He's crashing. Yep. He's crashing. Somehow he pulled in his inner Mark Marquez yeah. and 
and figured out he, he's Valentino's half brother, so Valentino won't appreciate that comment at all. But yeah, Intermark good. Marquez stands the bike back up using his elbow somehow. A, a little bit, yeah. No, it came back. It came back when he stood it up. That's when it that's why it steered the way it did. Oh, right. Yeah. He was back okay. on his tires. I mean, he had saved a giant crash. He's not thinking about anything but saving this crash. He gets right. it back up. Was very, very impressive that he was able to get the bike back up. But as soon as it was back on its own tires, it decided which trajectory it wanted to go on. And unfortunately for Alex, it was right into the side of his bike. Yep. And Alex yep. goes down again. Yeah, it was. Oh, they both go down. But Yep. Down, out. I don't know. I got to keep reminding myself that we're only five races in the season goes all the way till November. So there's still like, you know, anything can happen is definitely true at this point. But like, there's a little bit of my brains like, you know, let's just I'll watch the rest of the season, but I'm going to just kind of erase this one and just call it a test season for everyone because no one's like coming out every week. Uh, I'll, I'll say Bagnaya is winning the championship and has done pretty well. He's qualified very well pretty much every week. He's won the majority of the races, or at least the most out of anyone. But he's you can't count him out of the wrecks. He's not pulling a, a 2019 Mark Marquez, you know, qualifying first every race and, and leaving everyone. Oh, it's, it's an exciting season, an exciting sport right now. Yeah, but it's in, it's in such a weird way. <laughs> right? So Mark Mark had nothing to do with that particular crash, although there was a Marquez involved. Yeah. That was a scary crash. I agree. Yes. And then after that, so Jack Miller led a lot of that race. I won't say a lot, but he, he led the opening of that race. He led laps. Well, um, Mark, Mark led it for the bit, and then Jack got him and led it for a bit. And, and then, then after that, they both got picked off. Yeah, well, Jack, that's when Jack started falling back. Yep. If I remember right, because that's what I was noticing. And I was just like, is he going to, uh, he's Jack. I think he's got the skills to, you know, we talk about him being the guy that can ride anything. But I do really think that that soft front tire just kind of killed him. Yeah, well, let me let me stick this one in right, right there. The comment I made some, at some point was... We both say Jack's got the skills, right? Mm -hmm. He's kind of the, you just get the feeling that if you put mopeds out there, he'd be one of the top runners. It doesn't. Oh, mopeds for sure. Yeah. I mean, against everybody, right? If you just, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is. Bezecchi. Mm -hmm. This is the question I'm going to throw at you. Is Bezecchi the better version of Peko? And let me tell you why. Okay. I've been telling you for a while that Bezecchi's real. I've been telling you for, since last year. Watch yeah, that since guy. the end of last year, yeah. Yeah, he's real. It's not just because he's on a great bike. He's 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 for real. I think he's the better version of Peko. And part of the reason I say that is because he can be the robot. He can click off the laps. He can just go give me good Ducati, me go good track, me, you know, whatever. Yeah. He can do that. But who would win in a race if you added a jump? Peko or Bezeki? Just period. If you just added a jump to the MotoGP track. Oh, if you added added a jump. Okay. If you just added a jump out there on the track and said, okay, you two go race each other. Who's going to win? Uh, probably. Well, do but they know it? Do they know it's there? Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just feel like if you took. So if Peko had time to calculate and plan and, but if you, if it was just like, let, hey, let me put, by the way, there's put, a jump in the middle of the track. Have fun. 
I've confused you. Let me put this a different way. Okay. So All right. it, in my in my real life, I get the opportunity to travel to Europe quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we travel through Germany, travel through Austria. Well, they both speak the same language, those two countries. Right. They're neighbors. They're mm-hmm. quite similar for an uneducated. You would just think German, Austrian, salt. It's kind of the same thing. You're right. Okay. Yep. But the Austrians like to tell me, I've heard it multiple times. The Austrians like to say, oh, we are just a better version of a German. Okay. They, they say that all the time. And you, you ask them why. And they say it's because we can we can follow procedures. You know, we can engineer things. We can follow right. procedures. Yep. But if something happens and we have to go a different way, we can also change. Okay. Interesting. I get what they're saying, I guess. So maybe I'm getting too far out there here, but I'll put that back. Peko is the German in that scenario. Yeah. You've got a game agree. plan. I have a fast bike and I'm going to ride the fast bike you've provided me exactly how it was designed to be ridden like a computer. I'm going to go out there and play this thing like a video game. Yep. But you, can, is a you lot- can tell. Watch him watch him race and he sits behind people for plenty long. He sat in third today for a long time and I had full confidence that had no one else messed with him from behind, he would have sat there until the last five laps of the race because he knows full well his bike is quicker there's no reason to push, and he can just sit there and watch their moves and do all his calculating, which makes him a good racer. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking bad on him here, but that that's the type of guy he is, is he likes to sit back there and do his calculating and be like, yep, I'll let them fight it out. I'll just stay back here. Even if there's an open spot, he's well, more he- likely than anyone else on the track to not necessarily take it if he's confident that he can grab it later. So you mentioned, you mentioned calculating. Mm-hmm. And I would agree, but I would say in that scenario, sitting in third, he is calculating. But if the percentage, the success percentage is high enough, he would mm-hmm. have blown past those guys and then ran away because that's the safer option. True. Yeah. But he's calculating, saying it's too much of a risk at this point for me to pass these guys. So it's not that he always sits back behind riders. Is just right. what I yep. want to point out. If, if the chance is there, he's going to shoot to the front and leave. Um, Absolutely. But he is very calculating. Yep. I think that Bizicci is also, he has a lot of those same traits, a lot of those same skills. They seem like the same guy some days. <laughs> Similar, yeah. Except I just feel like uh, if somebody threw a, you know, one of them squeaking chickens out on the track, mm-hmm. Bizicci would run over it and laugh in his helmet, <laughs> and it might cause Pecco to crash because it's unexpected. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think Bizicci has... I'm excited. He's going to do great. I only wish that Anea was still here he's because, coming. man, those those three at the front. I know he's coming. I, that's another one of the reasons I got to keep reminding myself that the season is plenty long. But yeah, I think that uh, I think Bezeki has shown that when when he needs to, yeah, he can click on the robot and he can put down good, consistent, fast laps. He knows what his bike can do. When there's no one in front of him, he can go do it. That being said, he's also shown that if he needs to make some crazy move for no apparent reason and force him and someone else out, uh, sorry, that's anyway. Uh, no, but he he can make crazy moves and get in there, and he's not afraid to do that. And definitely seems more sandy, right. if you will. That's a, sandy, I'll go with yeah. that one. All right. So Bezeki, Bezeki, 
I'm just gonna bounce back and forth on my. <laughs> do you do you know the word word for friends in Italian? Um, I should, but no. Yeah, me neither. Somebody can send it in on the comments. There you go. I mean, when when Bashanini comes back, there'll be the three amigos. But I got to figure out, you know, the three friends amigos. I got to figure that out in Italian. Amigo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I thought that's what you do. You just take the Spanish and do the the handshake yeah, thing. I think so. Some of it for sure. <laughs> One thing that's a little sad while we're on Bassetti, last thing I'm going to say about him. If I hear one more thing about that non-existent mustache. <laughs> uh, so yeah. he said after his last win, he wasn't going to shave. Mm -hmm. He wasn't going to shave his mustache until he won another race. So it's been like three weeks. Mm -hmm. He it's says he mustache. hasn't shaved. I can't tell. <laughs> but But he made a comment like, I can't wait till I get back to the truck because I finally get to... I finally get to shave this mustache off and he was even he was even saying he was telling jack in the press like i don't know how you do it and i was gonna say and you never will judging from <laughs> <laughs> uh, did jack keep his beard no I, he, I, he, he just got the magnum pi stash going still okay i know he had the beard at the beginning of the season i've been meaning to try and pay attention i just never paid yeah. that close and i never remember to pay attention when it comes up he just he's just got the mustache well let's before before we dive into mark because i want to dive into mark a hundred and twenty thousand people no google it okay i don't want to go to correction corner i think there's a two at the front of that what are you talking about attendance yep attendance oh you might be right yes you are right all right you yeah. all heard that at home ah. <laughs> I'm not just a pretty face in this chair. Yeah, Sunday's crowd completes the record-breaking event, seeing the Shark Grand Prix of France, France hitting a stunning attendance figure of 278,805. Yep, over a quarter of a million people. Didn't point out. I meant to point out here in my notes, first thing, it was the 1,000th Grand Prix. Yes, yep, which is, that is insane. That's a lot. You want You want to know something more insane? You still got your Google out? I always have the Google out. Yeah. How many races did Rossi race? Of the 1,000? It's 300 and something. Something. Yeah. How many MotoGP races? He is, he's raced in a third of all MotoGP races. That's how long that man's career was. It's actually not just coming up nice and easy right now. It's like 346 or 367. Well, and he's difficult because he was in so many different classes because he's been around too long and while we're here talking about rossi since you brought it up let's see 372 yeah that's yep. more than a third of a thousand yep it is it's more than a third of all the races in the history so let me talk about that let me dive in before we talk about mark's performance today let me talk about why as you've said you know you want him out there for the next 12 years and i, I agree with that but i wanted to back it up and my reasoning is that numbers wise, he has not caught up to Rossi yet. I think besides qualifying positions, he's always been able to qualify and race well. And Rossi never quite qualified as well. Maybe didn't need to. Probably not. Different times, different people. Right. Yeah. Mark is 30 years old and literally the lap before he wrecked. Did you know, he wreck I, again? Yes. I just wanted you to say it again. Go ahead. The lap before I am now upset. 
<laughs> the lap before that, I said, look at this man. You cannot tell me this man can't still race. He's going out there on a terrible bike, and he's holding first for a little bit and second for the rest of the race. And he's holding back a Ducati of a man who can put down one-lappers. Not only him, though. Jack Miller, he was swapping spots with. Bagnaya a little bit. During the sprint yesterday, Bagnaya for a bit. The man can still race. Rossi's last few years of MotoGP, I'm going to say it, were kind of almost a disgrace. He was 40-ish. He was old. And I was you know, proud of him for being out there and doing it. But if you look at his performance, it was not there. Yeah, better than Yamaha's doing today. <laughs> Ouch. Um, <laughs> I'll give you that. But I'm just saying it wasn't there. And that's nothing against Rossi. He was old. He was still racing. But Mark is not at that point. He's had some setbacks. He had a bad wreck. He's had some, you know, I almost wish he'd, uh, he he took a whole season off. He doesn't need to take another. I hope that Honda can figure something out. I will say it is clear that Ducati still has the acceleration out there. The only place they don't is on the start where KTM figured some magic out. I don't know. But beyond that, you hit the straight, the Ducati takes off. You can see it every time. And we know there's other good riders out there that are right behind them. They hit the straight, they're gone. Not as bad as it was a couple of years ago, but it's pretty bad. I hope that Honda gives Mark a little more to work with because it is clear to me that he still has what it takes to put a few more championships on his belt. Hold it. Okay. Devil's advocate. Earlier in the mm-hmm. podcast, we talked about we're sick of Yamaha. So let's just assume Fabio's a superstar, which he is. Yep. Fabio's a superstar. They're not giving him a bike. Yep. Mark gets that same credit. No matter yep. what Mark does, if it's good, it was on a terrible bike. If it's bad, it was because of a terrible bike. He's yep. getting that same luxury, if you will. Neither one of them can do any wrong. It's their manufacturers that are doing all the wrong. I do agree. And I don't believe that Honda is as terrible. I, w- I will say, I don't believe Honda is as terrible as everyone is saying. I don't think Mark necessarily wrecked because he's pushing it so hard and he has to push it that hard. That's his job. He's always done that. Every season he's had some wrecks because he does that. And well, Let's bring this into a side note while we're talking about that. How many hours of overtime? What what do we have? Three weeks off now or four weeks? Uh, three. Three weeks off? Well, not us, but... Uh, I guess it might be four. June 11th is the next one. While we're kind of talking about Honda, I just, I want to, you know, what's the over under on the amount of hours the people at Calyx are going to have to work to make more of those frames? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> because don't Joanne know. Mir could single-handedly keep a factory busy. Well, and I don't even know if he was on one, though. Yes, he was, at least in qualifying. So, mm-hmm. so Joanne Mir, during qualifying, Joanne Mir went out on a regular frame, as did Mark. They both okay. crashed those bikes. In, in in P1. Yeah. They both yep. crashed those bikes. Their second bike was Calyx frames. And the mm. intention was to test them anyway. Right. For sure. And they wanted to do it during P1, Mark at least. So they both had to come back and get on those. And their bikes were destroyed bad enough that that was basically their bike for the week. Right. So my understanding, by the end of qualifying, both of them had decided that's that was their choice. And mm-hmm. so I didn't see anything saying they didn't. My belief is that they both started the race on Calyx frames. Okay. Yeah, I knew. I mean, I knew Mark did. I just didn't hear anything about Mirror, which. It's because he was know. in last place up until he yeah. crashed. Yep. 
I don't know. How do you trash out of last place? He could have just treated it like a track day and done better. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even want to get into it. I have no idea. Yeah, it's sad. Well, it's sad when, like, who did we used to talk about wrecking all the time and being just not that good? That's been on a Honda. On a Suzuki. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was saying more on the Honda side, Nakagami. Nakagami. Poor Nakagami. Seemed to always be putting bikes down. And he, now he's, he's finding himself. Yeah, he's finding himself upright and in better positions than the two new guys most of the time. Yeah, not because he's doing anything good, other than no. not crashing. Yeah, staying yeah. out of trouble. Yeah. Well, and it's. But then to go back to Mark, I know this is the point you want to make, and I can. I'm a big enough guy to say this, but you're absolutely right. I mean, how do you take anything away from? Mark, love him, hate him, whatever. I mean, this is what you're trying to say, right? There's this bike that nobody can ride. It's a terrible bike. It's, I mean, Alex is in the dirt. John Amir is in the dirt. They're all in the dirt. And then he can come out and just throw that together yep. and have a great race up until the last. But let me point out another thing I was thinking about you during the race. Jorge Martin, mm-hmm. Mark Marquez, back and forth, modern day Spaniard, old Spaniard. Yeah. Ducati, Arrow, greatest bike on the grid. Yeah. Crap bike, according to every announcer out there. Crap <laughs> bike, over the hill, injured, rusty. Yeah. Yeah. All those things. And man, what there, I, he pulled some tricks from pretty deep in the bag. Oh, yeah. To keep him off of him, to pass him back when he would get past. What a battle. And well, and his, man, his freaking speed. In the sixth gear turn, I didn't see another person the entire race that carried speed like that into that turn. And that's not where he put it down. Nope. But that is like, because it looked like everyone was going to get him coming off the straight. And then they all just hit the brakes and it looks like he never hit the brakes. And he's just like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll just ride it out. Whatever. I don't. What I mean, made me he, go, ahead. go ahead. He, You're good. He, he said he was riding in that danger zone, right? The whole yep. time over the edge, having to push. Same argument that Fabio has. All the yep. time, just to just to be fair here, keep your mark biases out of this. But when he went down, uh, Jorge Martin had passed him, and he had cut back up underneath him, what five times? Yeah, I mean we're down At to the least. last two. Yeah, we're down to the last two laps of the race. Those guys have been switching spots. It was amazing to watch, mm-hmm. and it was the same same one again. Jorge Martin came by him, and he was going to try to jump back up underneath him, try to retaliate. Retaliate. There was a scene in the garage where I don't know if anybody reported on this, but there is a scene in the garage with Mark in the background and the announcers were talking over it. They were just like panning through and you heard Mark and seen him say it in the background, but somebody reads like says what happened. And he goes, I leaned too far. And I, <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. But, but if you, if you watch that replay, Jorge Martin's here, Comes around the inside and he's just gonna shoot right back up and you just watch that tire just a little bit too much. Yeah. Just a little bit more it cried mercy. Yeah. Well, when I say I hope that Honda gives him a bike, I don't mean that Honda has all this work to do. I just want a little bit more power on the straight with the same handling they already have. So I want to see a drag race between all of them to because so you can look up the top speeds on all the bikes, right? Mm-hmm. 
and it's amazing sometimes. I mean, you look at some of these tracks and Fabio's down 14 miles an hour. And you're like, that seems like ridiculous, right? But there were, during that race, one of the things my mind went to a couple times, I feel like the KTM's got the guts to go with the Ducati most of the time. Yeah. They've got the horsepower, right? They're, or whatever it is, giving them that speed. They're, you know, they corner different. They do everything different. But when they're on the straight side by side, those Ducatis aren't really walking them. I would agree. Mark was behind Jack for quite a while in that race. And they, they showed a lot of scenes of Mark following Jack. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that today when they would get on the straight, you know, it's a little hard to tell because he's just behind him, but Jack could get on it. You hear his bike come on. Mark's is right behind that. And Jack would just barely ever so slightly be pulling on him. Yep. But I don't think it was a huge difference. I mean, it was, I'm sure over the course of a race and all those things, but when those two were fighting, it, it looked like Mark could outdo him on the brakes and make up any small gain he had. I think no. the power is in the Honda. I think, I don't think it's straight line power that they're lacking personally. I'd like to see, we need to pull up the speed side by side. Cause I'd like to see, we always, you know, I don't want to make this like Walmart shopping just because they say the Ducati's the best. Don't mean we have to believe it. Yeah. True. I mean, the new, the new game they're playing is the Aprilia is a piece of garbage. They I can't pass. That. Aprilia's can't pass in traffic. They've got the same problem as Yamaha. Is Aprilia in the same they keep is Aprilia in the same place as Yamaha. I heard no, that. No, three or four they have times. terrible riders. <laughs> well, well, Maverick, Maverick could pass people, obviously. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, and if he hadn't got wobbly, honestly, if if whatever whoever went, if the connection hadn't happened, he would have been in third. I man, if he fourth, I don't know if he was riding out of his head. I don't know if I mean. I feel like he's a great rider. I would agree with with some underlying issues and uh funniest comment i heard from him this week Un, unpredictable uh, funniest comment i heard from him this week what, what's his weak what's his weak point i'm sorry to keep putting you on the spot but what do you think maverick's weak point is he's unpredictable inconsistent right. i would say the starts okay doesn't really matter where that guy qualifies they always say it's because of he can't race with a full tank of gas mm-hmm can't race with a full tank of fuel. He always falls back. It's almost guaranteed that he's going to go from 6th to 12th, and then they're going to be talking about him trying to come back through the field. Right. It, almost almost every race. He always falls back on a fuel tank or on a full tank. But the funniest thing I heard him say this week that actually I laughed out loud, he said that his opinion is riders need to calm down and they can't fight so hard at the beginning. It's not worth it to fight so hard at the beginning. And okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what you've been doing your whole career. Yeah. Maybe you should fight <laughs> a little harder at the beginning. So uh, he's like, oh, yeah, let's change that rule. We have to take the first lap easy, and then I'll never lose all those spots at the beginning. That's funny. No no passing for the first lap. <laughs> you must stay in the... <laughs> we have to have a parade lap. Where you qualify is where you must stay. Oh, man. That'd be ridiculous. I don't know. I... I enjoy watching him. Um, it was funny. You know, they said on the the commentators, we should really get their names. So I stopped saying that. But like, ah, oh, that's the, the racing we've been waiting for. And I was like, oh, you're you're absolutely right. I might have said this already this episode, but it was great. No, he was diving in here, pulling out there, late breaking. There were 
maybe it's just this track is so great for it, but so many spots where you can go inside and you can, if you hold it, as long as you hold it, you can take a pass and you can make a pass in almost every turn, which is seems to be rare anymore. Anymore. It yeah. seems like it's only, you know, two turns a track maybe. And if it's not there, it's not going to happen. So now he was doing great. I was enjoying it. And even with the wreck, honestly, I, like I would peg this race as probably in my top 10. I, and there was a lull in the middle. And I still think the sprint is leading to that or adding to that a little bit. Cause I get like past the halfway mark. And I'm like, man, how long is this? I look, I'm like, there's 17 laps left or, you know, there's 12 laps left. That's a long race. And I'm like, well, there's no, so, sp- no sprint today. So. Yeah. I, I don't think there was much of a lull. I'm not going to put it in my top 10. Cause I okay. don't, I honestly don't love the track overall. Not sure why it was rated the number one race last year. Did you know that? I didn't heard an announce announcer saying that, that, uh, last year's Le Mans was the number one rated race of the 2022 season, hmm. which was kind of surprising to me. So I don't even, I don't even remember it. So couldn't so, have been that great. Yeah. Well, I think it, Jack did good. He likes that track. That's yeah. why it was such a bummer. So yeah. it's hard for me to, so that was a great race. It was a good race. It's hard for me to rate it in my top 10 because so many of the big name guys that I was trying to watch were gone. Right. Uh, for you, I know you got to watch Mark almost to the end. So it was almost in your top five. Yeah. If he well, wasn't, that would have been top five for you. They pulled up the tires at the end. That's what was making me excited at the end was that there were like a couple laps where Mark was seeming to maybe come back and he had a hard front where Bezeki had a soft front, but Marquez used to always run a hard front. Yeah. It was kind of typical on a Hondas. It's also yeah. kind of typical on the KTMs. I think, I think that's why Jack was so adamant about trying to make one work. Right. Which on this track, especially it makes sense. Honestly, you know, they talk about breaking zones and all of that. And then I don't want to just repeat what they say, but after you do a little bit of it, can you remember Arizona? Mm-hmm. And how like hard braking zones are difficult, and that you know I've never run through a tire or had to worry about that necessarily. But like you start to get a feel for what they're saying, and then you look at a track, you're like, oh yeah, okay, I get why that does have the the hard braking zones. You know, it's easy to see in the layout. But yeah, I remember back in like 2019, Mark would always be on a hard front tire when everyone else might be on a medium or even a soft, and so. Just kind of had like a little bit of memory, a little bit of, okay, maybe the bike's finally working enough for him again that he's going to put his faith in it and put the hard tire on there. So Mark is a real racer, and not that they all aren't, but he's a real racer. And I seem to recall the last race that he won. Think think back, that last race he won. Mm -hmm. I know it's been a while, (laughs) but that, that last race that he won, he went out on soft, soft. And he was the mm-hmm. only one. He was the only one that did that. And so nobody expected him to make it past. Yeah. Yep. Because he pulled through and I was like, the man can still ride tires that should be unrideable. Yeah. The problem with rooting for Mark is you have to, every six months, you have to re-up like, he can still do it. Because he's been <laughs> gone for six months and then he's gone for six months. I, Any, I hope anymore. I hope, I know. I hope he's back for good. I'm not rooting against the guy. Kind of. But. No, like I said, I I think in my head, 
partially just because I am a Mark fan, but also just with the way the season's going and A not being there. Alex Marquez, I I think honestly could could show some good potential this year, but he keeps getting knocked out. Right. Um, and then you know, Mark's big injury and Miguel got taken out by Mark, got taken out again, then you know, his first week back. So I think uh post summer break will be a great season and a good step into next year to see, you know, I mean, obviously they try new things every year, but I will say that I think everyone besides Ducati hasn't made too many big changes, but everyone else is like trying different things. Some of them a lot more obvious like the wings and whatnot. But if you, if you weren't watching the test, Honda not only had a new frame, they had a new scoop on their swing arm Mm -hmm. that like, it just hit me again. It hits me every time I look closer at their arrow. But it's not just to keep the front tire on the ground and the back tire on the ground. It's to keep the bike on the ground in a turn while it's leaned over. Like, it's it's nuts. And I think there's been more change from almost every manufacturer this year than any other year, maybe. Yeah. So... At least it feels like it. So KTM brought in Red Bull F1. Mm-hmm. To work on their arrow. I mean, all bets are off when you start bringing yeah. however, however much that costs, right? Yeah. All bets are off. But did you notice Aprilia had the winglets on the forks? Uh, no, I didn't. So they have new winglets on their forks for this race. Hmm. They had tried it in Jerez, and mm-hmm. both riders liked it, so they had that. But they also had that silly spoiler that came back. Yep. The the, the well seven forty seven wing. Yeah, when did they did they have that before? They tried it once and it, you know everybody laughed and it was a joke. And now they brought it. Now they brought it back. They had it in the race. So yeah, I mean, but, KTM's have went full on piece of square tubing on the back of their tail. Yeah, Aprilia actually went with the seven forty seven wing on the back of there, and I think they should ban those just for a safety reason. I'm waiting for one of them riders to come straight off the bike and you know get impaled. Get impaled. Yeah. Like I said, I think the break will be nice. I hope that Mark is just back, doesn't have any more big ones. Uh, I hope that Miguel gets back and Anaya gets back. Um, and Paul, don't forget poor Paul. I don't care if. <laughs> I hope that he gets better. Yeah, I he don't said care he'll that be he back. comes back. Well, he's trying to come back from Miguel. Good for him. I'm well. I'm I'd rather have Paul going around there than Folgers Coffee. I do agree with that. Yeah. Well, and I mean. KTM has something to offer. It's working so great for Jack. It's working so great for Brad and uh, maybe for Augusto Fernandez. So interesting thing for mm-hmm. you that I heard over the weekend. It's probably a bad, it's probably a bad time to bring it up for Pedro Costa. Okay. I think we've mentioned before. I know I've talked to you about it. He he has a clause in his contract that KTM has to let him go to MotoGP. They right. have to give him a ride in MotoGP okay. next year. Okay. So two years on the Moto2 bike. The first year on the Moto2 bike, they didn't even give him the full horsepower. This is his year he's supposed to go win it. Mm-hmm. So was two years in Moto3. No, one year in Moto3, won the championship, moved to Moto2. He's the second coming. He's going to be great. Yep. So they yeah, say yep. today he put it in the dirt from a third spot. So in case you had not seen that yet. I hadn't seen that one. But there was an interview earlier in the weekend, and since all that's come out about his contract, and we've talked about it a little bit, but there's no room at the end at KTM. 
right next year yep his contracts for next year so we know how honda likes to play if he's the next big thing coming you could see honda going after him for mark's replacement that's how they've always done business yeah not not as immediate replacement obviously but you know the hair heir apparent yep possibly so he confused me a little bit with a comment that he made when he was being interviewed. He got a little smirk on his face and he said, yeah, he's going to MotoGP. You know, he's going to MotoGP. It's in his contract. Mm -hmm. He hopes to be on an orange bike, but he said, if not, I'll go to a red bike. And instantly I was like, whoa, that dude's threatening. That, that guy thinks he's got enough pull that he's threatening. Like, I'm yeah. going to Ducati, man. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I realized gas gases are red. Yep. So he wasn't doing what i thought he's just saying if he can't get on a factory bike he'll start at the gas gas but he's going but after right. today's performance from fernandez if he can continue that way he's a rookie this year so they gotta they, they screwed up last year by not giving their rookies a chance they right. fired him after one year so this year i don't see him re making that mistake again media wise everything wise and this guy's showing something fernandez is showing something so let him it's a long season. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, I agree. But there's no spot at the end at Gas Gas. Who do you fire? Pull, <laughs> who broke his back and hasn't been able to show anything. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not his fault. But he hasn't been able to show anything. He's getting on a little long in the tooth, if you will. Yeah. Pull's coming back just to get fired. Pedro's taking that seat. You think so? I think well, that's I've been right one. on a single thing I've said, but I'm going to throw that one out there. All right. Well. Pulls we'll place fire. that place that on the rug or under the rug, and I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. And that'll be. I don't know. I I want to believe in Augusto for no reason. I mean, he he won champ or rookie of the year. So you know, first race that he did. Um, he's a good guy. It's the other one that's not good. My Raul? Yeah, he's a he calls himself the people's champion, and nobody even knows his name. Obviously. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. The break is going to be. So June June 10th, let me count the weeks real quick just so we're not making things up. That'll be one, two, three, four weeks. It'll be four weeks from now before. So give everyone plenty of time to recoup, recover, give the teams to, you know, do whatever they want to do and throw new things at the riders. Grid should so. be back to full strength as long as Jack doesn't do too much dirt biking. <laughs> Maybe stay off the dirt bike, yeah. Jack. Honestly, anyone. Every time... <laughs> It feels like someone goes dirt bike, and I know Jack's, but he he doesn't really. I don't remember seeing too many injuries of him out there. No, he's a tough guy. Yeah, but I've seen definitely other people are like, yeah, well, freaking <laughs> Alex Renz wrecked his road bicycle. Yep, that's true. A couple riding years ago. A, around a racetrack. Yeah, like the night wasn't that the night before the press conference or something. I don't remember, but riding around the track, he ran into the side of a stationary van. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And it was, yeah, he was out for weeks. Yep. Yep. So coming up next week, as mentioned, we've got a podcast coming up to talk about leathers. Yes. Yep. Specifically, American-made custom motorcycle leathers. Custom, not just size, but also print that I think will have a pretty good wow factor on the price you can get them for. So, and I've got been doing some research to look around and figure out, you know, how much better it actually is price-wise. Did you can get some of those fancy leathers, right? With like your name on the butt? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I meant, custom print, right? Not That's just custom, custom sizing. Print. So, 
Do you, do you know there's only one rider I can think of that has his first name on his butt? Uh, I can't even think of one. I have a calendar. I have this pull-out calendar with all their butts. And uh, it's an interesting thing Alex. to know about you. Alex. Well, that makes sense. There's two Marquezes. So you yeah. got to get a custom leather that says Alex. So in case, in, in case you got a twin brother with the same last name, it's good to be able to have custom leather so that you can, you know, each put your name on them. Yeah. Well, and also the sizing. I know, uh, I think. We'll get into that next yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going too yeah, far. All right, all right, all right. So we got Barber coming up. Yep, Moto America at Barber Motorsports Park. Yep. Everybody should tune into that, I'm saying. Uh, you watch it on YouTube the day after or buy the app, as we've discussed previously. But I would highly recommend everybody watch that. Yeah, Barber should be a, I want to ride it. So I'm excited to watch it. Do you, do you have anything motorcycle related coming up? in the garage or on the streets or uh no not really i think we're gonna start trying to make the the channel a little bit more than just the podcast so we will have some videos coming out motorcycle related but i don't have track day circus is my next big thing and so i don't have anything on the docket really until then due to the uh the current status of the aprilia and then the track day circus being the the trip that it is so ask me ask me Okay, what uh, what do you have coming up on the docket next week? Well, actually, well, while you're listening to this podcast, no, sometime anyway. <laughs> next week, I'm headed over to Europe, as previously mentioned, mm-hmm. and I get the opportunity this year. I think I mentioned to you, but I get the opportunity to go to the Red Bull Hangar Seven every yep. year, which is Red Bull's personal museum got all the a lot of the things from cool things mostly motorsports related but not all the different things they've done over the years you know the debt defying feats they've achieved the races that they've sponsored and won always always really neat but this year for the first time ever i get the opportunity to go tour the ktm motor hall in australia or austria not australia it's a common mistake they did it yeah they did it to jack this weekend actually (laughs) And if you go to Austria, uh, you can buy shirts that say kangaroos are not from Austria or something. Yeah, there are, there are no kangaroos in Austria. <laughs> Actually, I had a friend that had a kangaroo flying an Austrian flag tattooed on his arm. So I asked him why I got it, and he said, I don't know, I got drunk and woke up with it. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Anyway, like very it. besides the point. But yeah, uh, that is exciting. What uh, what else is coming up? What I mean, you kind of mentioned it in the last podcast, but you've got some pretty good motorcycle news. Which one? Uh, with with you and racetracks and a, a different path of racetracks this year. Different different or path. racetrack riding, a different type of racetrack riding. Yeah, so we mentioned it last week, but I qualified or I, I finished my NRC license, which is new racer school, which I want to point something out. Ken Hill last week, Referred to that as NRS license. Heard multiple people say NRS. Mm-hmm. Uh, so which is it? I don't know. Somebody out there can tell me. But <laughs> the sticker in the window of my bike absolutely says NRC. The website actually absolutely says it's the New Racer School, but it's hmm. called the NRC. And I've heard a lot of people refer to it as NRS. I'm sure it's the same thing. Anyway, moral of the story, you're talking to number 203. I've qualified. I've got my race numbers. Unfortunately, fortunately, I'm going to miss the first race of the season to, to be in Europe, but we will be back on July 8th 
It'll be my first official race, and you're going to be there to help me? Yep, I will be. You know, shovel the parts off the track or, Um, you know, hand me a trophy, one or the other. It's somewhere between those two. Uh, That's it. You're either right at the edge or you're over the edge, right? So, (laughs) Uh, So looking forward to that. That'll be exciting. We'll keep you guys updated, you know along the lines of our play-by-play. I want to I want to tell you guys at home how that was, you know, what it was like to go through that, and we'll do that on a later podcast. Sweet, sweet. Well, I think that's uh, that's all I had for the week. Yeah, I, I will say, sorry, I will say I, I, I appreciate everybody that subscribed. I ask you one more time. It sure helps out. If you'll subscribe on YouTube, follow JK Moto on Instagram. As Easton always says, you can you can find it everywhere on all your major podcasting sites. You can Google it. You, you can Google it, but any bit helps. We'd love the help if you'll click that subscribe button and give us a listen. We appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for thanks for being here. We'll see you again next week. See ya.